Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Episode 37 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. I'm Tyler Uremchuk and Mr. Cam Lewis. He's taking a podcast off. The man comes out to uh, to Western Canada and he goes away for a spa trip in the middle of the week and can't recap Jays Angels. So to do it with me is Jonah Bierenbaum, baseball analyst. How's it going, Jonah? Doing well, brother. How are you? Good. I kind of wish I was in Coombsy spot and in a spa right now, but that's life. Uh, Jays take on the Angels. They win two, they drop two. I'm way more disappointed that they dropped two. I mean, that was a situation where you really would have liked to see them win at least three out of the four. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough to sweep a doubleheader, but nevertheless, you yeah. hope that against a team that's hitting Jose Iglesias and Phil Goslin in the heart of its order, that you can certainly come out of that series uh, with, with more than a split. I mean, they did have to face Shohei Otani, who is uh, superhuman. Uh, so that presents a, a unique challenge uh, when they were looking for the series victory on Thursday night. But, I mean, I guess you can take some solace in the fact that they are still only two and a half games back of the second wildcard spot because uh, Boston dropped their series in Tampa Bay and the Yankees blew that game in the cornfield last night as well. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit disappointing, but uh, you know, given how well the blues have played generally of late, it's hard to be too uh, despondent about it. The frustrating part about this playoff race. And I mean, you mentioned it, the Red Sox and Yankees lost. So the Jays actually did finally catch a bit of a break on the out of town scoreboard. But they've been, they haven't been catching a lot of breaks on the out-of-town scoreboard. Oakland does nothing but win. The Yankees have been hot. Like, it's just impossible to catch these teams. It's crazy uh, how little uh, luck they've gotten in, in that respect. And uh, I think it's illustrative of the fact that the teams that capitulated are just so bad. Like, Cleveland traded away Cesar Hernandez, uh, who was, like, one of two good players in their lineup uh, and and now they're just a complete pushover. Uh, the Kansas City Royals, who entered the season with no uh, pretense of being a competitive team, they're terrible too. They dropped that series to the Yankees. Uh, you know, the, the, the Blue Jays have certainly benefited in that regard because they're coming off of series victories against Cleveland, against Kansas City. And moving forward, their schedule is pretty soft as well. Nine of the next 13 games are against either Detroit or Baltimore. But uh, yeah, uh, you, you, the fact of the matter is right now, uh, the, the teams that they're, uh, in contention with uh, for that wildcard spot are are pretty good and they're going to uh, win a lot of games down the stretch. And and realistically, I think to, to uh, get into that second wildcard spot, you're going to have to play 600 baseball, 625 baseball the rest of the way. A hundred percent. 
Uh, we do a little segment on the show called Three Up, Three Down. It's brought to you by twigandberries.ca. We got the promo code NATION15, gets you 15% off. And if you're in Canada and your order is more than $75, they will ship it to you for free. Since they lost, we go to the downs. And my first down from this series is the fact that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. appears to be in a little bit of a mini slump here, Jonah, in his last seven games. He's only batting 192. I'm looking at his MLB.com page. In his last 30 games, he's only batting 246. Are you concerned at all about, about Vladdy, or do you think he'll snap out of this relatively quickly? I, I think he'll snap out of it. Uh, you know, even great hitters have stretches where they're not at their most productive. And I, I do think with Vlad, fatigue is certainly setting in. This is the first time in his career that he's played this volume of games in a single season. And I also think that pitchers are just attacking him differently now than they were earlier in the season. He's seeing way more off-speed stuff. He's seeing way more off-speed stuff early in counts too. We know that for the first few months of the season, he was so aggressive on that first pitch and did so much damage on that first pitch. He's not getting as many heaters now, OO. And uh, he's expanding the zone more and he's not punishing mistakes. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's to be expected. It's really hard to sustain an 1150 OPS over 162 games. And, and it, it is salient to note that he almost never takes a day off. I think he's had one, maybe two days out of the lineup this year. So, you know, between uh, fatigue and, and pitchers adjusting their approach to attacking him, uh, you're seeing a dip and now Vlad, uh, needs to adjust right on back. And, uh, you know, a, a player, a hitter of his caliber, he certainly will. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I mean, when the beginning of the year was as good as it is, anything less than that starts to feel like a little bit of a disappointment as well. And while you're explaining that, I went and looked. Like, he's still leading the American League in RBIs. He's still right behind Shohei Otani in home runs. He's still top five in the AL in batting average. Like, it's not a bad season, or it's far from a bad season, but even this bad stretch still isn't, like, a terrible stretch by any means. So, yeah, I... Uh, I, I I, I, sorry to interrupt you there, Paul. A, 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 a less than optimally productive Vlad is still incredibly productive. Yeah. And, you know, he still leads the American League in OPS and, and on base percentage. And, uh, you know, I, I have nothing but the utmost confidence that he will snap out of this funk sooner than later. Second down for this series, uh, they need to take Trent Thornton away from Charlie Montoyo because if he's there, Charlie uses him and we cannot be having that anymore because Trent Thornton has shown everyone what he is and what he is is just not a major league baseball reliever. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's a big leaguer at all. I, I don't know what the future holds for, for Trent Thornton, but it's abundantly clear that he should never be uh, entrusted with anything <laughs> resembling a, a leverage situation. And for some inexplicable reason, Charlie has a, a misplaced sense of confidence in him. I, I think the organization seems to see something that we don't because you look at his minor league track record. He wasn't that good. He's never been particularly effective in the big leagues, either as a starter or as a reliever. He really struggles to put guys away. And yet they continue to give him opportunities. It's, it's frustrating. And, and, you know, it, it, it's disheartening that, you know, whenever the Jays have, have a small deficit, two or three runs early in the game and they need some length, they go to Thornton invariably. And that doesn't really put them in a position to stage a comeback. It's very, very frustrating. And, uh, you know, I was joking with a friend of mine last night that, yeah, very much so. Uh, they, they sort of need to take him away from Charlie and give him what I've referred to as the Kevin Biggio treatment, because if he's there, he will use him, and that's, I, I would argue, to the detriment of the club. And with this offense, like we saw it in that big game against Boston, but we've seen it a few times this year as well, no lead is like insurmountable. They can come back from anything. So when you go to a guy like Trent Thornton, even though you're down 6-2, it's kind of like, you know, don't give up on this one yet, Charlie. There's there's still ball to play, and you have one of the best offenses in baseball. Like It just feels like whatever, I mean, and he went in once in a high leverage situation earlier in the series, it's just 
it's mind boggling. It's frustrating. Yeah. Like you said, the organization clearly sees something that the rest of us do not. And when I say the rest of us, like pretty much unanimously, all Jays fans are against these moves. Yeah, no, completely. Uh, and yet he keeps throwing them out there and, yeah. you know, he, he entrusted him to, 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 I guess, protect is a weird word, but protect a one run deficit uh, earlier in the series. And, you know, that didn't work out, uh, albeit that wasn't entirely his fault because yeah. uh, Vlad made that brutal error uh, at first base behind him. But nevertheless, I think that illustrated how Trent Thornton struggles to miss bats, to put guys away. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's never a good feeling when Trent Thornton is is entering the game. My third down was going to be the fielding a little bit, but we've kind of picked on Vladdy enough. Is there anything else from this series that stands out to you in a negative way that could be considered a down? Uh, I, I mean, I, I suppose the absence of Bo Bichette, just because you you, concerning. you hope that it's not going to be a prolonged thing. He had been the, the portrait of durability through the first mm-hmm. four, four and a half months of the season. Uh, and then in, in a, you know, few day stretch, he misses uh, a couple games and, you know, maybe it's, it's both the shin contusions and the fact that Charlie sensed that it was prudent to get him off his feet because him, uh, he like Vlad and like Marcus Semyon almost never take a day off. So, you know, you hope it's, it's something minor and it's, it's a breather combined with a little bit of recuperation, but uh, you know, his, his absence is, is, if it continues, certainly, uh, you know, something that could be very uh, detrimental to this team. He's a superstar caliber player. Let's switch to the ups now. Let's be a little bit of positive because they did win two out of the four games. And the first one I got here, the big one, it's the big man, Alec Manoa, six and two thirds, 11 strikeouts, only gives up two earned. Uh, this is an a, a homegrown ace unfolding and developing right in front of our eyes. And it's really special to watch this guy pitch. Yeah, it rules. Uh, I, I think we saw more life on his fastball uh, the other night than we had uh, at any point this season. And, you know, it, all of his uh, strengths were on display, you know, his ability to pound the strike zone with uh, heaters, you know, sort of all four quadrants of the strike zone, but also to work in that slider and flash his changeup. It felt like he used his changeup uh, quite a bit uh, the other night against Anaheim, and it was incredibly effective. Like, this is uh, <laughs> completely exceeds, I think, anyone's expectations of what Alec Manoa was going to do for this rotation. But, you know, he has emerged as, you know, sort of the the one D of this rotation, because I don't know that there is a clear cut ace. No. There are just four really, really good starters. And he is very much in that contingent. I put out a poll on Twitter the other day asking who Blue Jays fans would most want to start uh, a potential wildcard game. And Alec Manoa was you know, more represented in that poll than Hunjin Ryu, which is absolutely mind-boggling. If you had told me that, you know, back in March, I I think that, you know, I would have laughed in your face. But, man, he's so good. And uh, this is exactly what the Blue Jays needed because the ability to pencil him into the rotation for the next half decade is absolutely massive. At the beginning of the season, Cam and I did uh, Blue Jays hot takes where we tried to just make like outlandish predictions about what would happen. Cam said Vladdy would have a 1,000 or better OPS. That ended up being true. And uh, I said Bo Bichette would be top three in LMVP voting. Cam said that take isn't hot enough. Get more bold. So I said Alec Manoa would factor into the rotation by August. I still wasn't bold enough with that. I mean, the fact that this guy came up when he did. And yeah, you mentioned it like. I trust him just as much as I trust any other arm in the Blue Jays rotation when he's on the mound. And to say that about a guy who skipped through the minor leagues as seamlessly as he did, like he passes every test. And there's a part of me that's almost concerned going like, 
eventually things are going to get rough for this guy, but he almost has like the charisma and the swagger and kind of the cockiness to, I, I don't know if that day's ever going to come. And even if he does have a bad start, I think he just has the ability to be like, whatever it's behind me. I'm going to go to the next one. Like everything about this guy screams future ace. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the the big test for him is is when he first experiences adversity because that hasn't really happened yet in his professional career. Like yeah. as you alluded to, he breezed through the minor leagues. He was in the minors for a hot second, and then all of a sudden he's pitching uh, for a contending team uh, as as a starting pitcher. So and, and and only having immediate success. Like you know, he's made eleven starts and has a sub two point six ERA and is striking out ten batters per nine. It's been just an unbroken boulevard of green lights for Alec Manoa. To, to this point in his career. So it is going to be interesting to see when guys adjust to that high breaking ball, uh, you know, when he's not getting swings and misses uh, on his fastball, uh, you know, when the command abandons him a little bit because he's, you know, thrown 150 innings in the season for the first time and he's experiencing fatigue. It'll be interesting to see how he rebounds and adjusts to that. But so far, it's just been, you, you can't possibly have, have asked for anything more. An unbroken boulevard of green lights. This is why I like chatting with you. Let's go to our next up here. It's Teoscar Hernandez. Someone said this on Twitter and I laughed hard, but thank God the Houston Astros wanted Francisco Liriano so badly. Um, The fact that the Jays just basically pulled this guy out of nowhere in the Houston organization and he's having the season he's having, batting 304, 78 RBI. He smokes a grand slam. He ends the series against LA by going seven for 16 with seven RBIs. I, like a revelation. Like, again, he was good last year, but this is a whole different level. It, it's unbelievable. I love watching this guy play. Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely incredible. And I'll be honest, like I had a notion this past winter that maybe the Jays should sell high on Teoscar Hernandez because last year, as impressive as the season was, there was still a lot of chase. Yeah. And it's not like he was taking a ton of walks. Uh, a lot of swing and miss in the zone. And, you know, he completely proved me wrong because he's only continued to make strides in that department. And it, it's incredible. The the development, the continuing development that he's made at the big league level. Um, you know, he, he is such a critical piece of this offense now. And, you know, it, it's, it's a testament to, to the work that he's put in, uh, to his ability to adjust, uh, you know, it, 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 it seems like he was so exploitable with soft stuff away coming up and, and early on in his big league career. He doesn't chase that stuff anymore. Um, you know, I don't know that he's ever going to be a guy who OBPs 400, but uh, his ability to, um, you know, get the bat on the ball uh, and, and drive it with authority is, is incredibly impressive. I, I, it's, it's astounding the hitter that he's turned himself into. And I will say the Houston Astros did go on to win the World Series that year, so they probably have no regrets uh, about trading to Oscar <laughs> Hernandez, but um I bet they'd like to have him now. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the third up I got is just some of the contributions they were getting from the bottom of their order and the guys hitting seven, eight, nine. Like Lourdes Gurriel had a really big game in their 10-2 win going three for four. Even in game one of the series when they lost, Bravik Valera picked up a couple of hits. Um, I love when Santiago Espinal is in the lineup. I think a big part of this hot streak I, I mean, you only really go on a hot streak like they did for a while there when everything starts clicking. But a part of that was the bottom of their order starting to chip in. Like I even think back to that George Springer home run and it was Valera getting a hit, McGuire drawing a walk, and that allows the top of your order to come up again. The fact that they're getting contributions, not just from their big guns on a seemingly nightly basis, but also from these guys batting seven, eight, nine, like that's just as important to have those three guys. I think in this series, their seven, eight, nine spots batted like 320. If every time you go through that spot, someone's getting a hit, 
you're probably going to win more ball games than you lose. Like the contributions from the lower half were, were huge for me. Yeah. I mean, that's how you manage a team. WRC plus of 112 is when everyone's contributing, you know, don't get me wrong. Vlad, you know, contributes in an outsized way to that figure when he's putting up like a 170 mark, but yeah, uh, the, the depth hitters uh, really stepped up and, and you can't say enough about them. And, you know, it, it's it, like, like we're seeing right now with Vlad, even the best hitters in the league slump. And, you know, that that's just a part of baseball. And when that happens, you hope that your depth players, your complementary players can step up and contribute offensively. And that's what we've been seeing thus far. And, you know, Lourdes locking in, which he has been in the in the month of August, is absolutely huge because he's a guy who, you know, has certainly seen his playing time dip with the arrival of Corey Dickerson, but is still a key piece of this offense. Uh, Santiago Espinal continuing to be uh, the BABIP god that he is. You know, that's huge for this team. And, and Reese McGuire having really, really smart at bat. Uh, out of the nine spot, you know, understanding his role, understanding uh, what he has to do to get on base is, is absolutely huge. And, uh, you know, I'm a huge Alejandro Kirk fan too. I think yeah. he's incredibly hitterish. I, I love when he's in the lineup because I think it only, you know, deepens an already remarkably deep lineup. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the bad hitters in Toronto's lineup on a daily basis are, are OPSing 710, 715, and uh, you're going to score a lot of runs uh, when that's the case. And knowing their role is huge, too. You mentioned that with the Maguire. I've been really impressed with him recently. This team is going to be so much fun to cover and watch. Like, never mind during this season, but like the offseason coming up and then next season, they have so many fascinating decisions to make. Like, you hear all the hype, the Gabby Hive and, and Gabe Moreno. And like Alejandro Kirk is also very good and very young. And like, they might need to make a choice there. And I mean, Kevin Biggio is another guy like, I mean, I don't love Kevin Biggio. I know, I know a lot of Jays fans are sour on him, but like, there's no way there's a spot for him right now when he gets back into the lineups. Like, what could they do with him this winter? I'm trying to just like focus on the run here and, and be in the moment. But looking ahead, there's a part of me that's like really fascinated with what they'll do this winter. Yeah, they, they can go in a number of different directions and they have so many good assets um, that, that that there are so many different things that they could yeah. do. They could conceivably trade Kevin Mijo. They could trade one of their outfielders because there is a bit of a surplus there. Uh, you know, they, they could... Uh, resign Marcus Semyon, you know, because they have tons of financial flexibility as well. You know, they are in an incredibly enviable and advantageous position both now and moving forwards because of all of the surplus value they're getting from their young stars who make no money, uh, you know, and, and they have a ton of, like I said, financial flexibility. Uh, you know, they've already made two massive free agent additions over the last couple of winters in George Springer and Hunjin Ryu, but I, I wouldn't uh, comfortably say that the spending is over. Uh, because this is a team that is is now in its competitive window, uh, and and this is a team that should be investing in its twenty six man roster. And uh, you know, I I too am absolutely fascinated by by what's going to unfold this winter because uh, it's it's you know it's always cool when teams in the thick of it uh, are are making moves and and doing things, and uh, that's what the the Blue Jays will be doing this winter. Let's stay in the moment here. Talk a little bit about the playoff race. I want to get your take on, on sort of what you think will unfold over the next month or so. The Jays are two and a half back of the Red Sox. They are four and a half back of the Oakland A's. And I mean, if you still think they got a shot at the AL East, they're seven and a half back of the Rays. Do they have a shot at the AL East or is that just maybe a little bit too pie in the sky? Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to make up yeah. that much ground in a month and a half. And, you know, Tampa's good. You know, I, I'm loath yeah. to admit it, but Tampa's a good team. You know, the addition of Nelson Cruz was huge for them. Um, and, you know, they 
like always managed to win in spite of the, the paucity of household names on their roster. So I don't think that the AL East uh, is, is a realistic goal at this point. It could happen, but I, I'm certainly not banking on it. Um, but, you know, I, I certainly think they are the most talented of the four teams that are sort of currently vying for those uh, wildcard spots. I, I'm referring to Oakland, Boston, New York, mm-hmm. and the Blue Jays. Uh, they're, they're, I believe, undeniably the most talented. Um, they just need to take care of business. They need to take care of business against these inferior teams that they're playing, uh, certainly over the next couple of weeks, but really, uh, through the conclusion of the regular season, their schedule is pretty soft, uh, the rest of the way. Uh, and they, and they need to beat the teams that they're, uh, competing against for these spots you know they don't have any more games against boston but they will play new york again uh they have a big series coming up in a few weeks against oakland and uh that's that's when they really need to to get it done you know they've struggled a bit this year uh to take care of teams above 500 to 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 hold their own against the good teams but you know i think that the roster now is different than the roster was in in june it's it's transformed it's considerably better it's it's considerably tightened up there aren't uh, nearly as many liabilities uh, in the bullpen or at the, the the bottom half of the batting order, and you know the Blue Jays are just going to have to take care of business if if they uh, if they can do that, uh, they'll they'll absolutely be uh, in in the wild card game uh, come October. Meaningful ball in September. I mean, as a fan, that's really all I ask for. And to start September, they like you said, three against Oakland, then right after that, four against the Yankees four against the Orioles, then three against the Rays. So it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating month for this team. Uh, More immediately, though, they're going to get three against the Mariners coming up and then two against the Nationals. Uh, Last thought here on the wildcard race. If if we were in Vegas and we find 100 bucks on the ground and I said, you have to go bet that on who the two wildcard teams are going to be, who would you bet on? Oh, man. I, I, I consider Boston out of it. Like, I just, I think they're just a shell of what they were earlier in the season and they got pretty lucky early in the year. I think it's going to be Oakland and Toronto, but that's probably me being a little bit of a homer. And by a little, no, that, I mean a that, lot. That's, I mean, maybe I'm a homer too, but that's where I lean as well. I did, I did a, uh, another podcast a few weeks ago and I said that uh, George Springer would hit a home run off of Chris Sale in the wildcard game. But like you, I, I, uh, I have lost any confidence in Boston. Um, cause they've just played, uh, they, they, you know what they've exposed themselves. They've, yeah. they've shown themselves to, to be frauds, uh, which we sort of believed all along. So anyways, um, I, I too think it's going to be Oakland and Toronto, uh, but the Yankees with that fortified lineup with Joey Gallo yeah. and Anthony Rizzo, man, uh, are, are they tough? But I think last night's loss in the cornfield to, to Chicago, uh, was emblematic of what the Yankees are. You know, they struggle with run prevention. Now their rotation really isn't that good. And, uh, you know, our oldest Chapman isn't pitching right now. Zach Britton looks like a shell of his former self. Uh, so, so I don't, ugh, God, that's tough, but I'm, I'm going to take the, uh, the, the coward's way out and, and agree with your prediction and say, it's going to be Oakland and Toronto in the wildcard game. Jonah, appreciate your time, man. This was a ton of fun. Oh, anytime, buddy. There you go. That is Jonah Bierenbaum. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Bierenball, B-I-R-E-N-B-A-L-L. He's an absolute beauty. Love, love chatting baseball with that guy. Uh, let's keep moving on here on Blue Jays Nation Radio. Tyler Remchuk, no Cam Lewis this week. Coombsy, he's the one lost in the woods this week. Uh, up next, brought to you by DoorDash. You can use the promo code BJNPODDD. It gets first-time users of the app 25% off. And no delivery fees. The Jays, like I mentioned there briefly, are in Seattle. And they are getting ready for three against a Mariners team that is 5-5 in their last 10. They are coming off a series win. 
but it was against the Texas Rangers, who are second last in the American League. So does it really count if you win a series against the Rangers? The Mariners recently have kind of fallen out of the playoff picture. They are two games behind the Blue Jays in the standings, four and a half games back of the Red Sox for a wild card spot. And the Jays can really put the nail in the coffin of their season if uh, this series coming up here goes well tonight, it's going to be Robbie Ray going up against Chris Flexen. So the Jays will have, I mean, we've been calling Robbie Ray their ace for about a month now, but like we talked about with Jonah, it's basically a rotation that is just 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, and then Steven Matz. Uh, on Saturday, it's going to be Hunjin Ryu getting the ball against Kikuchi. And on Sunday, It'll be Steven Matz going up against Gilbert. Uh, both those guys, ERAs around four. Matz is up at 4.28 now, actually. So a three-game set for the Jays against the Seattle Mariners. Then after that, they're going to Washington, and the Nationals are bad. They obviously sold off at the deadline, making the big move, sending Scherzer and Turner to the Dodgers, and then they sent Schwarber to the Red Sox as well. And they're 1-9 in nine in their last 10. Like, it's really ugly. They're 30-52 and 52 against teams uh, over 500. Uh, the Mariners, on the other hand, actually pretty good against teams above 500. They're above 500 themselves in those matchups. But, I mean, the Jays, you got to take at least two out of three this weekend. Broken record shit. This is what Cam and I say every single episode in this segment, you absolutely need to win the series. And hell, if you can sweep the Seattle Mariners here, hopefully it's a cool Blue Jays or pro Blue Jays crowd in Seattle. But I know the border is going to make that a little bit of a uh, difficulty. But hopefully Jays fans or some Jays fans show up here for this series in Seattle and the Jays can roll through the Mariners. Obviously, right now, Outer Town scoreboard watching is absolutely massive. Uh, not getting a ton of luck, though, with the Red Sox starting a series against the Orioles. The Athletics get a series against the Rangers as well. And the New York Yankees, who are just coming off a loss to uh, the White Sox in the Field of Dreams game, they're going to continue the series against the White Sox on Saturday with a couple more games. So, I mean, the White Sox are a damn good ball club, so hopefully they can help the Blue Jays out a little bit. I don't have a ton of faith in the Rangers or Orioles helping out the Blue Jays by beating one of the Red Sox or A's. If you think the Jays can catch the Tampa Bay Rays, they're starting a series against the Minnesota Twins. So that's what's going on around the American League this weekend. Thanks so much for tuning into Blue Jays Nation Radio. Before I go, need to give some love to nationgear.ca and our partnership with Viridian Global. We got a couple of t-shirts up right now at nationgear.ca. Obviously, the Dome Sweet Dome shirt is still available in all sizes. You can go order one now. We also have our new That's Right Vladdy t-shirt. Check it out. It's available in five different colors. You can really customize this bad boy, and it's available in every size you could imagine. Uh, baby blue, my personal favorite. That's the one I'm rocking right now, uh, but you can head to nationgear.ca and pick up your own. That's going to do it for another episode of BJN Radio. This has been episode 37. A big shout out my friend Jonah Bierenbaum for giving me some time on the pod. I will be back and Coom will be back with me on Sunday when we recap the series between the Jays and M's. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the baseball. I'm Tyler Remchuk. We'll talk soon. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.